something that I have in my heart that I, I, we're going to focus on, honestly, for 10 months. Uh, we're not doing a 10-month series. We're going to have 10 different series, but it's all going to have this whole thing threaded through it all, and that's becoming a fully committed disciple. Uh, last year, as uh, we twice a year, we have these 21 days of prayer. Uh, in the in in January, we include fasting. In in August, it's feasting. But so we're fasting now, so that we can feast in August. All right. But uh, but a- it was after that prayer time that I I really felt like God just began to deal with me about maturity. Uh, seen some immaturity. We got a great church. We got a great team of people, but I, I see, I still see some immaturity, and it began to really uh, bother me. And I, I really believe that the Lord was putting in my heart to to bring maturity in into our church in the lives of people. Uh, maturity, you can always recognize maturity because with maturity comes responsibility. People are being responsible. If you see somebody that's being irresponsible, what do you say? They're immature. And so we want to see people being responsible. We want to see people uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing, uh, thinking what they're supposed to be thinking, conducting their lives the way they're supposed to be conducting, uh, conducted. And we want to make sure that people are, are, are reflecting Jesus Christ here on this earth. Uh, honestly, that's what it means to be a disciple. It means to to reflect him. It means to be a disciplined follower. And so we're gonna we're gonna be on this uh, this whole track. And so we're starting off in this naming this series. Passionately love God. Passionately love God. If we're gonna be fully committed uh, uh, disciples, then I believe that's a key trait: is that we need to be passionate about loving God with all of our hearts. Isn't that right? It's hard to be a great disciple if you're not a lover of Jesus and being passionate about it. And so I've entitled today's message, Experience Life. Experience Life. And if we're going to be passionate about God, we need to experience life. We need to experience life. Let's throw that slide up, if you would. Uh, we need to experience life, and God wants us to experience life. And so I want to start out with Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Uh, verse 18. And Jesus, the Bible says, came to, to these people, came to a bunch of people, and he said this, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely, God says, then I'll be with you. Surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm going to assist you. I'm going to be there to help you to go make disciples. It's not something that's optional. It's not something that uh, may be a good idea for us to do. It's a commission that he's given to all of us, a calling, if you will, to go make disciples. So it's hard to go make disciples if we're not a disciple. You'll only reproduce what you are. You cannot reproduce anything that you're not already doing in yourself. I always say it this way. You know, if you're going to be a great leader, you need to be a great leader of leading yourself first. And if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. And so what we want to do is we need to understand that discipleship, a lot of people have a misunderstanding of discipleship. There's a difference between believing in Jesus Christ for salvation 
And then once you get saved, growing into a disciple after you've been saved. The Bible says go make disciples. Disciples are made, they're not born. They're not born again. You don't become a disciple just because you become born again. It's a, it's a process that takes time over a course of time. And it ain't going to happen just today through one message. It's not going to happen probably through this 10 months that we'll be focusing on the different characteristics and different traits of, of what it means to be a fully committed disciple of Jesus Christ. It, it's a process. So don't sit here and condemn yourself, but do have a heart to allow God to challenge you in your, in your life and to allow him to make you into that disciple. Allow me to make you into that disciple and others that are around you to make you into the disciple that God's called you to be. Amen. Is that making sense? Yes. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 11 says this. It says, never be lacking in zeal. Another word for that word zeal is passion. Never be lacking in passion. We have the responsibility to keep our passion. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Another word for fervor is is passion. So keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. A lot of people, they start out passionate with God. They start out pursuing God, but they lose their passion. They don't keep it. They don't hold on to it. They don't don't continue on. And so we're going to talk about that. But we need, I believe, in my heart of hearts, that people lose their passion when they quit experiencing life. They quit experiencing who Jesus is in their life. Uh, daily, I have a prayer time with God. Why? Because I want to experience the, the creator of the heavens and earth. He's made, it, he, he's made his presence and he's made this relationship, relationship accessible to me. And I want to, I want to be with him every day. And, and you ask my wife, I never, I never miss a prayer time with God. I never, not one time, there's never one time that I miss my time with God. It's a daily thing. I don't allow anything to interrupt it. I don't allow anything to get in, in the way of it. And, and, and so it's because I want to experience life. As a result, I stay passionate. Not because of who I am, because of who he is in my life. And so John's gospel, John chapter 17, verse 3, tells us what this, what this life is that we should be experiencing every day. It says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I, I love another translation called the Passion Translation and how it brings it out. It says it this way. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know God and experience Jesus, Jesus Christ, as the Son, Son of God whom you have sent. So, that being said, let me give you this statement. To experience life means to know and to experience the reality of Jesus. It's to experience the reality of Jesus. Why is it that people fall away? Why is it that people, they, they, they come to know Jesus Christ, he makes a radical difference, they experience Jesus, and, and they change the course of their life, and they start pursuing Jesus. And why is it that they, at some point, they backslide, or they, they drift away from their relationship, and they, they move from being hot 
to lukewarm to cold in their relationship with Jesus. Why is it? I'm going to tell you. They quit experiencing life. They quit experiencing Jesus. He, he ceases to be real to him. They lose the reality of Jesus Christ. And when, once you lose the reality of him, you're going to quit following him. Something else becomes more real to you than Jesus. And God wants to be, he wants to be more real to us than the other things that we're experiencing in life. So there's a difference between believing and being a disciple. I want to walk you through some things. There's a book out there, and I'm not necessarily taking the teachings from that book, uh, but it's a good book. I've already gone through it, and it's a, it's a great book, and I, I, I came across it uh, last year. And it, it's, called, it's called Ten Qualities That Move You from a Believer to a Disciple. And I am taking some thoughts from this book today that I'm going to give you that it gives of the difference between a, a believer and a disciple. So let me walk you through these real quick. First of all, believers, those that believe, just believe and have not become a disciple, believes in Jesus as Savior but lives to please themselves. And so I, I want you to identify, maybe this is you, but disciples believes in Jesus as Lord and lives to please God. Let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be, nobody's, nobody has to look in, but be honest with yourself. Does this identify you? And, and I'm going to tell you, there's really what the picture of, uh, of a disciple and a believer is, is those that are, are living in the Spirit or those that are living by the flesh. Are we walking by the Spirit or are we walking by the flesh? Because the flesh is always going to be uh, wanting to do what it wants to do. So let me go on because there's a lot of, uh, of ground I want to cover today. Uh, believers uh, exalts their opinions, feelings, and thoughts above the Word of God. Disciples exalts the Word of God above their opinions, feelings, and thoughts. Another one is believers thinks of church as a place where they go to hear what God's Word says. But disciples thinks of church of a place where they learn to do what God's word says. Another one, believers are accountable only to themselves. A disciple is accountable to everyone. That's a biggie. And I could camp on any one of these, but I just want us to see the difference. Believers, next one, serves God based on convenience. Pause. Think about that one. Did I did I say serves God based on convenience? Not very convenient. So and and then disciples serves God based on conviction. And the next one, believers seeks to know God through religion. Disciples seeks to know God through relationship. Uh, next one is believers follows God as long as everything is going well. Disciples follows God regardless of circumstances. And next one is believers chooses their own path and ask God to bless it. Disciples asks God to choose the path and follows his direction. Next one, believers are full of pride if they're doing well and self-pity if they're not. Disciples are full of gratitude because of God's love that it never fails. And then last, let me give you this one and then I'll move on because I know it's hurting. 
Believers follow. Um, believers follow follows the example of the world that seeks to go higher, and disciples follows the example of Jesus that seeks to go lower. So, what I want to talk about this morning is how to know and experience the reality of God. How to know and experience the reality of God. I want to take you back to, or I want to take you to a scripture found in Luke chapter 9. And uh, honestly, we need to understand that God's ways are not our ways, and our ways are not His ways when we're talking about in the natural. Many times we, we look at what God says and it just doesn't make sense to the natural mind. The Bible says, I have not seen, ears not heard the things that he has prepared for those that love him, but by his spirit he reveals it to us. I believe that God's going to reveal some things to us today by his spirit. Luke chapter 9, Jesus said this, he says in verse 23, he says, then he said to them all. Well, I think that could include us, that we're part of the all. It goes on to say, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Uh, Other translations will say that's when you'll discover true life. That's when you're going to experience life. It's when you you, uh, give up your life. When you, when you don't live your life for you, when you live your life for him and you live your life for others. I've been saying that for years and years. It's one of the hardest, hardest uh, messages for people to comprehend and receive and accept and live out. That if you will just give your life away, that you'll quit living for you and you start living for God and you start living for others, that's when you're going to experience true life. And honestly, that's what a disciple is. And, and here's the here's the here's the catcher here is that people that are living for themselves they're they're self-absorbed they're living mainly for themselves they're the most miserable people on the face of the earth they're the ones that are always at irritated they're the ones that's always in uh, in uh, a constant constant uh, uh, strife with one another it's it's those that are living not for themselves I mean living for themselves and not for God. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about today for just the little bit of time that I have with you, I want to talk about how to know and experience the reality of Jesus. How can we be this disciple that experiences Jesus? How can we be this person that's passionate, that, that uh, we never lose our zeal, that we keep our spiritual fervor serving him, that we can do this day by day? How do we do this? What does the Word of God say about this? Well, number one, the first thing that I want to share with you, we need to daily love and pursue Jesus regardless of conditions. That we cannot allow conditions. You know, many of us, we, we say that we love God unconditionally. But the truth be said that many people put conditions on their pursuit of God, their love of God. And so, uh, look at Luke's gospel. In Luke chapter 14, let me, let me just say this. My, my heart for this is that we would experience life. Yes. You know, the, if you live in the flesh, you're going to experience death. Things are going to die around you. Your joy, your peace, your relationships, uh, 
all kinds of stuff, it, it, it just dies. Your potential, your, your dreams, and things that God has for you, things that God wants to do in you, things he wants to do for you, things he wants to do through you, all these things, they, they tend to die. And so I want God's best. But when he, if we're going to have God's best, we're going to have to deny ourselves. It can't be about us. I know that message is tough. It's difficult. I'm sitting here swimming through mud right now trying to get this message to you. But it's going to help you. It's like eat your broccoli. It's good for you. Stay away from that chocolate. Now I made it difficult. I knew that that broccoli would be a temptation. Luke chapter 14, verse 25, it says, Now, now great multitude, multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me... Oh, this is tough. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother and his children and brothers and sister, yes, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Once again... Jesus is bringing a message that's hard for people to understand. But if we'll capture it and we'll understand what he's saying, then we can be the disciple he wants us to be and experience life and enjoy the life that he's given us here on this earth. As small as it is, as short as it is, it's a vapor. It's here for a time. And and we can enjoy this life here on this earth. But we need to understand. He said something similar concerning money. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. And so he tells us, he uses this word hate. Well, if, if you understand the Greek, uh, the, the New Testament was writ, written in Greek and translated to English. In the Greek translation, it, this literally means it means to love less. The word hate means to love less. And so what God is saying to us, he's saying, if you're going to follow me, you need to make sure that you're loving me at the highest level and then others at the next level. Including your own life. And that's what he was saying. He wasn't saying going around and be a hater. He wasn't saying that. He was just saying, make sure that you've got things in order, that I've got to be the priority in your life. I've got to be first in your life above any and everything else. There cannot be any other condition. This is the condition. You don't make the conditions. I make the conditions. And here's the condition of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must be first. Years ago... Several years back, not I say several, it's been about four, three, four years ago, God began to deal with me in my own life. I've always loved people. I love people. If you're around me, you know I love people. I always, I, I, I've always wanted to just make a life-giving difference in the lives of people. And so I've given my life for this. I've given my life to help you, to raise you to another level and to help you. And, uh, but God began to deal with me about love. Loving others. I thought I loved people. But he, 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 he uses scripture and he, he says, they will know you that you are my disciples because of your love for one another. 
And I started to examine. It's like, what's different about my love and those that don't even know Jesus Christ? And we see some people that they they take care of their own. They love people. I mean, they... They will sacrifice for people. They will, they will do a lot of different things that I was doing. But there, wasn't, there was something that wasn't quite where it needed to be. And I think I, what happened is I was putting some conditions of how to love people. And so God began to take me on this, this trail. And he, he gave me this word that... I've heard in, in, in the past, but it became real to me, and that's to be high relational. That God has called every one of us to be high relational people, regardless of being extroverted or introvert. 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 That we're to, be, we're to be high relational, that we are God's people, and he's called us to be relational with one another, and we're to be involved and engaged in people's lives. So I, I begin to change Allow God to change me in that area, and and it was a it was a big shift and a big change in my life. But let me tell you what it did. Not only did it change me, it began to change my leadership. It began to change our church. It began to change the culture of our church because I didn't put a condition on what God was saying, and too often we put conditions on the things that God's telling us. And I, I don't know what that looks like for you, but we need to make sure that we're, we're doing it. And, you know, prayer and fasting, that's why, that's why we, we're doing what we do. But too often, let me just quickly, Lynn, come on up here. Bobby, come on up here. Um, let me, uh, Jeremy, thank you for bringing Jeremy over here. Jeremy. I need a Jesus figure. Okay. Let's put Lynn over here. That's the devil. <laughs> but usually, this is what we put first, right? You. It is a why. It starts with it. And then we tend to put others next. Isn't that right? Sometimes we might reverse it. We might, we might go ahead and put others and then, and, then, and, then, and then we put Jesus last. We put Jesus last. And, and so we have things all goofed up. But when we put everything in order... When we put Jesus first, we put others second, we put you last, what, do you, what does that spell? Joy. That's exactly what happens. You, you, you experience joy in your life, unspeakable. When you do it God's way, when we do it God's way, then we experience joy. Isn't that right? Jesus, thank you, man. Gone. Others, you go sit down. Thank you. I, I usually pick on Jeremy, so I, I'd let him be Jesus today. Let me, let me give you two other thoughts real quick. Secondly, to know and experience the reality of Jesus. Daily love and pursue Jesus regardless of circumstances. 
Luke chapter 14, verse 27, it says, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And so we've got, there's circumstances in life that we go through that we've got to not allow those things to, to keep us from pursuing God or loving God with all of our heart, putting him first. Uh, I, I got a phone call a, about a week or two ago from a guy from another state, and and uh, it was early in the morning. Matter of fact, about five in the morning, and and he knows that I, I I'm up early, and so he, I, I was talking to him, and and he was uh, he's just like broken because he knows he wasn't he isn't where he needs to be, and he wants to he wants to get there, and. And uh, he, he, was wanting, he was wanting me to hold him accountable daily. And I told him, I'm not going to do that. I said, I said first of all, God, God wants us. As a matter of fact, here, again, we're wanting to see maturity. Maturity is, maturity is not external pressure so that you're doing the right things. Maturity is that you be self-seekers, self-feeders, and self-leaders. And and so I I I, I you know I'm, I'm not abandoning him. I'm I'm gonna I, there's things that I'm doing and sending him some podcasts and checking up on him. But uh, you know he he was just crying. It's like and he knows I, I've walked with him. He knows uh, some of the things that he needs to do. And the thing is, is that you cannot allow circumstances to govern your life that you're going to have to discipline yourself to do the thing that you need to do regardless of circumstances. Too many times people allow themselves to excuse themselves because of circumstances. I mean, if you've been around here, you know, you, you, you've heard me say this. Every day of my life, I, I jog. Every day of my life, I, I jog. And, and I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter if it's raining, it doesn't matter if it's snowing or icy or whatever, I jog every day of my life. The same way with my prayer life, I pray every day, every day, every day of my life. I don't allow myself, myself to excuse myself because of circumstances. Amen. Nor should we in our pursuit of God, in our love for God. We need to make sure that we are doing, and I don't know how this applies to you in this message, but you need to make sure that you are not excusing yourself because of circumstances. Don't be condemned, because I know that probably a number of you have made excuses not to do something that you should do, because it happens all the time. I see it all the time. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but there's a lot of people that are continuously, habitually late. You love me, right? Tell me you love me. I'm going to tell you anyway, but, but you guys, you guys, you've got, you've got to make sure that you're not allowing your flesh the luxury of doing what it wants to do because your flesh is always going to lead you to a place that you don't want to go in a life that you're not going to enjoy. And so you need to, you need to be disciplined. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And so if you're walking in the, spirit, in the fruit of the Spirit, and if you're walking in the Spirit, then control. You're going to have some self-control, self-discipline. Amen and amen. Okay, one more thought real quick. 
daily love and pursue Jesus regardless of cost. Conditions, circumstances, and cost. Luke chapter 14, verse uh, 33, it says, So likewise, whoever does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. You might say, you mean i got to give up everything? Well, you know, you, you, you need to give it up in, in the sense that, Lord, it's all yours. It's not mine. My life is not my own. You know, there's a rich young ruler that came to Jesus one time, and he says, what can I do to be eternal, uh, inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, do this, do this, do this. He named out several of the Ten Commandments, and the rich young ruler was excited about the saying. And then the Bible says that Jesus loved him, and he says, said to him, one more thing that you need to do. You need to sell all that you have, give it to the poor pick up your cross and come and follow me. And the guy, the Bible says that he was grieved, he was saddened at that saying, and he walked away from Jesus. We've got to be willing to pay the price, the cost. And I'm not talking about just financially. We had a lady in our church years ago that was a very generous, generous woman. A matter of fact, because of her generosity, she... uh, God used her in our church to help us in many, many, many ways financially. But God dealt with her and says, you've been generous in your money, but you haven't been generous with your life. You've been stingy in your relationships, and you need to start giving that away. And for her, it was a struggle. It was a cost. It was a price. It was easier for her to give of her money than it was to give of herself. And so I don't know what that cost is. I don't know what the price is, but don't allow the price to be so high that you're not willing to pay it to pursue God, to love God, and to follow him wherever he leads. Jesus, in Revelation chapter 2, actually it was the angel appeared, and I want to give it to you in verse 1 through 5 just real quick in closing. It says, and the angel of the church of Ephesus wrote these things saying to he, saying, he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden uh, lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not and have found them as liars. And you have you have persevered and have patience and have labored in my name's sake and have not become weary. Man, it sounds like this person's done a great job. This church has done a great job. The church of Ephesus, right? It's like you, you've got it. You've got it going on. And, you know, for many of us, that's how we feel. We feel like we're doing, we're doing good. But I believe, I believe that there's there's still some some growing that needs to take place in all of us and so we just need to open up our hearts lord is there something that i'm unwilling to pay a price for to to pursue you and to love you because it goes on to say nevertheless in verse 4 i have this against you that you have left your first love Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Your lampstand, your place of influence, 
You've got light that's going on. You're making the impact. You're doing some things, but you're not representing me like you need to. There's things that you're going to, at some point, you're going to violate because you're not where you need to be in your heart. I, I, I like the way that the last uh, couple of verses, four and five, out of the Passion Translation puts it. It says, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how you have fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its, uh, its place of influence if you do not repent. Now, with that being said, and I'll close. I know this is a, this is a woo. But man, I'm preparing for a great. There, there's 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 a, some things that God, I believe, spoke to to me. And there's three things that we're to do. One, we're to we're we're gonna have we need to have great expectation. We need to, we need to have great expectation, expecting. You know, when a when a when a woman is expecting a baby, uh, there's no question whether it's going to happen or not. I, I have some. I have. I have a belief that there's, God's about to do some great things. Amen. I really do. Amen. And with that great expectation, they need, there needs to come great preparation. Yes. You prepare for what's about, about to come, what, what's about to happen. And so this is part of that preparation. We're preparing for what God wants to do. He, 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 we need to have, make sure that we have maturity to be able to handle the, the growth and the impact and, and what God wants to do through us. Amen. Right? Amen. And then we have to have great participation. We've got to have great participation. And, you know, we're not going to accomplish anything great if it's just me or a few. It's all of us participating together as a body that makes a big impact. Amen. Amen? Amen. And so I'm, I'm here to tell you, get ready, get ready, get ready. But we have to go back and do some of those things that we did before that we're not doing anymore when we first fell in love with Jesus. We, we need to do those things. You, you, many times, you know, when, when you first meet your love, the love of your life, there's things that you did that you, I mean, you even acted crazy. You, you even acted so crazy, you even took a bath every day. Get back to that. You need to go take a bath and brush your teeth and comb your hair and put some foo-foo juice on. And, and man, you need, to, you need to do some of those things again. There are some things that you did for Jesus back in the early days that you, you're not doing anymore. Some of you have grown apart from Jesus. You've heard that. Well, I've just grown apart. Some of you have even divorced Jesus in certain areas. It's time to remarry him. Let him be the love of your life. And so with that being said... What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he talking to you about today? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?